Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will give you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, Dan Moylan with you, along with Michael Normanton and Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman. So this is Propaganda. This is the Leeds half where we find out what you think of Leeds United's most recent performance. Um, there is another half to come as well. It'll be uh, about the Everton game. We'll hear from Everton fans, will we, Michael? We will. Are they will. Uh, Mainly Scousers. One Brummy. I think we've had him before. Blue Boys Network. Mm-hmm. Boys with a Z. Ah, that makes it sound very cool indeed. <laughs> Propaganda Extra as well in your podcast feed every single week with bonus bits of propaganda. Let's get into the Leeds United fan opinion then. And this is feedback that we received from our TSB Plus members. And um, part of that feedback is scoring people out of 10 on a match-by-match basis. And we're going to run this like over the course of the season as well. And we'll be able to track the player of the year, which is very exciting, like in real-time data. Are we going to give them an award? I think we just don't bother them. We were saying, Michael was suggesting he might make it or, or go full Rodrizani and have his kids make it. Mm. Seems fair. That's an option. For now... I put a, I use a random emoji generator, and when I put the 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 list of how every player did into the daily email after the game, I put a random emoji next to the one that's won. Yeah, in this case, it's Lewis Sinistera who got the top marks for the Everton game, and he got a ladybird. Yeah, very nice. Seems uh, to suit him somehow. Seven point seven two out of ten, uh, ahead of Tyler Adams, seven point five seven. The only two players who scored more than seven. Although I do feel a lot of pity for Robin. Cock at 6.99. Only mm. one more person had like voted him over 6.99. Maybe that would have been uh, very different. Jesse Marsh got 6.05. As I was, um, I have to set this going at the end of the game. And as I was leaving Elland Road, um, I added the referee to the list and um, give, him, I, give him his full title that's on the sheet please well I didn't do it at the time because I just had to type in goal but he is now yeah Darren England the dickhead ref uh, <laughs> got as I thought he might um, 2.13 as much as that a generous yeah. 2.13 the other um, highlights well low lights, I guess would be Diego Llorente who got 4.48 which is low mm, that's yeah. less than 4.5 and, and, and fairly well I mean it's it's lower than Rodrigo who just basically Missed a cross and then mm. had a shoulder fall out and then went off. Yeah. And he was worse than that. I wonder how much of the 5.38 that he got was kind of pity votes because he mm. did look in a lot of pain. He did, to be fair. Bless him. Well, well, on the uh, on the game in general, Moscow, because obviously you weren't here for the match ball, I said to Dan before he started recording it, I bet Moscow hated that. No, I loved it. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, I thought you hated it. Why? Uh, I thought you... Because it was, it was frantic and I think it was frantic yeah. and warnocky. 
And shape- oh, it was. It was shapeless, wasn't it? I just enjoyed it. You're, it was, you're like Warnock now. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it was very, very low quality, but really engaging. Mm. Like, you couldn't take your eyes off it. And there was, you kept, um, there was a fight and then it was breaking out on the touchline. And every time you looked down to the dugouts, there was Frank Lampard was having a go at the uh, fourth official and Jesse Marsh is wandering around with his points to his watch. And then, um, Melier trying to fight Anthony Davies and um, it was all it just felt like it was kicking off all over the place Tom Davies Tom Davies Anthony Gordon I'm getting them mixed up and yeah just kind of a um, bit of a battle and a fun Tuesday night out so as a football match like if you're going to score it as like aesthetic beauty then no but didn't mind good um, well let's start then shall we on Urente the low scorer from the uh, from the match we should say at the end of the show We'll give you the update on the latest uh, player of the year tracker. That's exciting, isn't it? Urente, performance art, says Guglop, was the the phrase used there. It was very unusual. I watched the extended highlights back. The full 90 is still not on LUTV for some reason at the moment. So I was going to watch it all back. But the, the, even from the extended highlights, there's a moment in the second, obviously everyone's seen the goal multiple times, but there's a bit in the second half as well where he just, he has loads of time and just absolutely leathers it clear out of play. <laughs> and you just saw, it was, it was one of those nights for him, he just like, what are you what is going on? Well, we've had a comment here from Frank Lampard's ever-expanding bald spot. Um, describes it as the Urente paradox. How is it possible for him to simultaneously have a 90% pass accuracy and look like a total bomb scare whenever the ball's near him? Mm. It's true, isn't it? I mean, we signed Urente because Liam Cooper was Liam Cooperish and unreliable and did things a bit mad sometimes. And now everyone's just like, get Cooper back in. Put him back <laughs> in the team immediately. I mean, he is playing on the wrong side, isn't he? You're into at the moment. I always feel like that shouldn't matter as much as people make it matter. You've got no. two feet, use the other one. Although he did, for their goal, he did very clearly try and kick that ball with the wrong foot. Yeah, and he should have just... He that, would have been better off just stopping moving. I got confused, yeah. I realised, on the match ball, um, thinking about the, the one that was given offside, where Urente got pulled across towards the ball, mm. and the goal that they actually scored, where he did that... I mean, it was like the river dance, wasn't it? Mm. Kind of he was looking... He's looking somewhere else, is the problem on it. When you, when you watch it back in slow-mo... He's looking over to to his left somewhere, and then it's like he realizes the ball is passing by his feet, and it's too late, and he does the, I mean, a does, little does scissory even, thing. Does he even realize it's a ball though? He just sees it as a moving object, and then jumps out of the way, scared. I think he was. I think. I mean, that whole goal is a mess, and I think Urente is sort of at the end of it because from the moment Sinistera tackles Anthony Gordon, nobody picks up Gordon, and he goes past. He goes away from Sinistera. He goes away from Christensen, who was going in to tackle him before Sinistera got there. And he goes past Adams, away from Rocker. And then he's running at Urente, who I think is looking at those midfielders and going, are none of you going to run with him? And then Urente's caught between going to Mark Gordon and then the ball comes and he ends up just, it goes through his legs and falling over. And it was just kind of... Um, Classic Urente. So, well, it's not just him. It was, it was a bunch of players standing and watching as Everton's most dangerous player ran into our penalty area and none of them uh, taking responsibility until it ended up in the net and even Melier letting the shot through his legs. It's kind of... But I suppose as it goes through, you've got... It's more and more difficult to stop. It's like an accelerating train. Um, we're getting faster and faster, so it's harder and harder to stop. So Melier is kind of right at the end getting uh, completely flattened by it. But... Um, None of those players did a good job of uh, anything on that goal. One of the Everton clips I listened to was praising it as being a great through ball from Iwobi. And I thought, well, if you're just stand still, yeah. it just hits him 
and doesn't even get there. So it's not a good through ball. It's it was stepped over by our centre back. He jumped over it like um, you know, in, in the Tom and Jerry cartoons when I think the mouse obviously comes out of the, the skirting board and someone jumps. That kind of vibe on the offside goal. And the comments just simply say ah, that was a bit close, wasn't it? <laughs> That's what I mean. I just added that. Oh, no one, that you, is it? Just no one was uh, obviously talking about it in the feedback because uh, I guess it's not as much fun as complaining about um, about things. But in the ground, I had no idea that was that close. Mm. Well, I mean, do we but, need do look, we need to concentrate on how we got away with it and our weaknesses when we can just throw shade at other people? That's that is a lot more fun. Yeah, I suppose so. It, it one of those that did sort of look onside though. I'm sure his knees are or his shoulders are offside, but. It's one, it's one of those where if you saw the Everton reaction to it, there's like, it was, how is this offside? Whereas I look at that as a Leeds fan, Moscow, and, and I go, well, yeah, I can see he's offside. It looks marginal, but it looks offside. Yeah, I think in our ideal interpretation of the rules, that gets given. Because mm. it's not an offside goal, he's timed the run. So yeah. give the goal, but... His feet are level, but, aren't they? But Yeah, it, but the rules as they are, they draw the lines, then fine, but I don't really like them drawing the lines there and all that kind of stuff. So um, just relieved it wasn't given and relieved... Melier stopped the other one mm. and there was a good one when they broke well it was a bad one when they broke but Stroik got back and made a very good saving tackle to stop a, another break when it looked like they were going to score as well so but that was um, in the second half all of those and we were really going for it in attack so we're putting a lot of players forward so we were a little bit more um, even more exposed at the back than we normally are it is definitely a feature of what we're doing is that we're going to be um, diagonal ball counter-attack is our weakness but we made ourselves even weaker because we were trying to get a goal final thought on Juventus all the composure of a weak juggler being held at gunpoint says Jelly which I liked Jelly's wider point was a good one actually because he talks about Melier's distribution being pointed out as poor um, but practically every poor kick was preceded with Urente playing it onto his weaker right foot after <laughs> dancing on it for 18 touches <laughs> and it's true it's um, Urente seems to have a problem in Marsh mentioned it after the Brighton game as well, where he said that he he was the one who was freestyling because he wasn't uh, playing out the way he wanted. He just wanted him to go long. And instead, he's trying to find short passes all the time. And he seemed to be doing it again against Everton, looking for a pass, not being able to find one for some reason, even though I think somebody else would be able to, and then just giving it to Melier under difficult circumstances. And I think he's... Um, making Melier look a bit worse than um, than he has any reason to. Speaking of difficulties, Peter V does ask on corners and crossing, are they that difficult? The answer to that is yes. Let's get on to Everton's time-wasting because, um, as I was saying, there's no point in bloodletting too much about Leeds. Let's just throw shade at them. Um, we had someone in the YouTube comments, Michael, didn't we, called Sam Pigeon, who um, has done some analysis on this. Yeah, he only got as far as the first half, but he totaled up throw-ins and goal kicks and free kicks for Everton and they wasted 11 minutes and 24 seconds in the first time. And this is not just a hobby that Sam's indulging in. It's, uh, it seems to be um, somebody who does some live stats work for mm. most of the Leeds, Leeds games. So there's a reason for this, yeah. It was how long, sorry? Um, 11 minutes and... 11 minutes and 24 seconds in the in the first half. And that's just from Everton's wastefulness. Yes. Right. It's interesting, isn't it, that there was uh, the stats doing the rounds now about ball in play times for Premier League sides and we're actually one of the lowest... Are we are we the bad guys? Well, we've played Wolves That's and we've played Everton, yeah. so it's a it's a, a manipulated data set. Is that because those two are pretty much the worst? And in both games, they took the lead. Yeah. So mm. that is that essentially equals so no, no football we're to fine, be played. Then. So we're fine. I think so. We don't, we don't hang around at all. Right then, on this then, let's hear from Jip. They are up there with Wolves as a bunch of time wasting twats. I hope Frank Lampard 
loses more hair and gains three stone in the next few weeks. Other than that, I just wanted to focus on Tyler Adams and just say how in the space of five games, he's become pretty much indispensable. Yeah, good point. And booked for nothing. Yeah, I wanted to watch a replay of that as well. That's one of the reasons I wanted the full 90, because he seemed to be booked for something that Everton players had done consistently. Yeah, uh, systematically, Michael. Let's use that phrase. Go on, then. I don't think he even blocked the free kick, particularly. They kicked it sideways, an Everton player fell over. The referee stopped the game and booked Tyler Adams. Mm. Yeah, he seemed to be booked for the fact that, that Davis, for some reason, stood on the ball and fell over. Yeah, if they played on, I think it would have been fine. You just let the move go and nothing would have happened. But because Davis fell over, had to be a yellow card for the player who was standing um, a good 10 feet away from him. There is a, an angle on that that does look a little bit like Tyler Adams has lunged in with his, not lunged in, but his left foot has gone forward to try and block mm, that. Well, but, I won't look at that angle and just continue in my my little world. No, but on that, like you say, it was, it was once and he got carded, mm. but none on the other mm. side. Like, if you're going to start booking for that, just be consistent. That's yeah. all we ask, isn't it? Dremit, what's Dremit had to say? Diving, cheating, time-wasting, bastards. 20 minutes of time-wasting. I mean, I feel sorry for the Everton fans. They've literally bought Tarkovsky to teach them how to play boring Deitch bollocks. And Conor Cody to teach them how to dive and time-waste. Uh, LUSA suggests they had never had a problem with Everton until um, that prick they describe him as took mm. over. Uh, prick club, prick players, prick manager, etc. I mean, I will say they did have Richarlison and Gordon still last year, so they didn't they didn't need Cody to do yeah. the to teach them these things. It's, real, it's a statement of intent, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Tarkovsky and Cody, and then Lampard's post match, and they've got uh, the, the other Burnley player as well. They signed McNeil as well, didn't they? Yeah, oh, Alioski pulled faces at once. Yeah, he he did one. He was dangerous for about five seconds on Tuesday mm. night, and then that was it. But Lampard's post match, where he said. Uh, well, the uh, Leeds fans were obsessed with our time wasting, which was a bit weird. So I, I reminded me so much of kids I was at school with that used to just wind me up constantly. Oh, what? Why, why are you bothered about that? A bit weird that you're bothered, isn't it? <laughs> we weren't even doing that, and I, I'm I'm proud of this. So I'm putting out that I've coined that as gas lamping. Which was excellent. Yes, and it's. Um, I was really pleased, especially with the person who tweeted you to say, "No, that should be gas lamparding." and just let this joke sail straight over their head. <laughs> well, they got the joke, yeah. didn't they? They just felt it needed clarification, and it didn't. But that was fine. Um, I welcomed <laughs> the tweet. Um, but yes, gas lamping, not being used. I'd even checked, has anybody um, used this in a context with Frank before? As far as I can tell, true original. So you've heard it here first. Gas lamping. Um, like and subscribe. <laughs> Don't forget to hit that button, guys. Yeah. That's what you got to say, isn't it? Let's hear from Nathan. All right, lads, it's uh, Wednesday morning as I record this, and rumour has it that Frank Lampard is still chuntering onto the fourth official, Ellen Road, Jordan Pickford, Eastall walking across the six-yard box to retake his goal kick in front of the south stand. Honestly, if those time-wasting, horrible scouse bastards survive, it'll be a complete miracle. Fuck Lampard, fuck Everton. I do think they're in trouble this season, the way they're setting up. I mean, we'll, we'll come on to the Everton clips in a bit. They thought it was all right. Really? <laughs> was the gist of it? So yeah, I know, I know you kind of got I sometimes. Pick... Sometimes teams have got to go and spoil away from home, haven't they? But but it's all they did last year as well. Like I was, I said it on the match ball at the end of last season when they were doing it. As as we were, I suppose we were shapeless and looked like we didn't have any actual style. It was like we need to scrap for every point and be horrible. And this is what Everton were doing. I mean, it was it was um, in the Liverpool game, wasn't it? When Pickford was taking ages over things when Alisson decided to take the piss of him. Yeah. You know, when he when he caught yeah, the ball yeah, yeah, and yeah. then was laying down with it, and it was very funny. Yeah. It was good. 
but that was that was at the end of last season. You could sort of understand it then. But now Lampard, this wondrous up, up and coming young coach, has had a summer to work with these players, and he's just basically got them doing the same thing. I think what's jarring is that they've gone into, into survival mode immediately from the start of the season. And you've got to have some pride. I mean, Liverpool are going for the title and having a bit of a struggle at the start of the season, not at the best. But if you're an Everton fan and you've got that cross city rivalry, there isn't one because. Mm. Look at how good Liverpool can be. And then Everton's best idea is Pickford lying on the ball and everyone going, oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean, they didn't, the, the goal they scored was not a chance they created either, really, was it? It was our, it was our mistake. So. Chelsea's new winger did a, a great bit of skill mm. to score, and that was it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's funny, isn't it, to contrast the, um, the response to our style, like when we beat Chelsea, everyone absolutely made up with it. But there's quite a number of comments, people who are sort of saying our style was a little bit industrial, um, a tough watch it was described as by a couple. I do think our style does clash a bit with this, the thing Everton were doing, which was essentially to leave everyone back, like just two banks of defenders. Particularly in the middle as well. Because it meant there was not, the thing of winning the ball back high up didn't, doesn't particularly work if there's still like eight players there whereas against Chelsea because they attempted to be a bit more ambitious it means when you win it back sometimes there's well sometimes the ball's on the line and you just need to tap it in but there's there's an opportunity there for there to be spaces whereas this it was also compact it, it just never really that's felt it. like that was going to happen that's the point that Keith made actually um, describing the first half as miserable the all-in high pressing works it doesn't think it works sorry against um, the deep lying low block expending a lot of energy getting nowhere I think we need to have more patience, says Keith. Try and draw them out. We kind of saw the the worser end of Marsh's football. I remember we, we talked about this last season as one of the tactics he's we were doing the thing where we give them the ball and tackle them. And he said afterwards, um, when he was talking about how the game had gone, that uh, he said, obviously we have some tactics and movements of how we want to play when we're in this situation, when basically when we've got the ball. But uh, if they know that we're going to counter-press 
if Everton know that we are going to counter-press and be very effective in that tactic, it can also be an effective way to break a team that is actually by losing the ball and winning it back. Um, so right away, when that opponent is relaxed, it's all quite garbled on the transcript and then finding a way to attack them again. So we, we were doing the thing of, there were quite a lot of balls is going forward that we weren't, that we didn't have a chance of getting and then we were going for the second ball. So give them the ball because we love pressing. Press them, tackle them and try and score that way. And that's why it doesn't really make for, um, it's, it's the least appealing part of what um, Marsh promotes and he has a kind of a, what, there's a webinar like an hour and a half with him where he explains all his tactics and stuff and he's talking about counter-pressing and tackling high and all that kind of stuff and one of the questions from one of the coaches is so it's like, what do you, what do your teams actually do in possession? He's got like, oh and he's the same answer as this, obviously we have some tactics and movements in possession but one thing you can do is give them the ball and then try and tackle them again and it's kind of, he's much more about I think it makes us look as um, uh, the commenter then was saying that we don't we don't look patient and we don't look too uh, relaxed in the build-up is because um, instead of being patient and kind of having the ball and trying to draw them out, we'll go for that as a tactic and we'll try and... And it's not, you know, it's not terrible. It, it, it works. Um, we did put a lot of pressure on Everton that way and they didn't seem to, you know, we dominated the match and seemed, apart from when we were counted against, we were the team that looked more likely to score. So it works in in that sense. But it's going to end up with a lot of people replying as to have here because there are there are a lot of comments who've, that have come in with people saying that was pretty bad to watch. Ilkley Arsehole says, what is the difference between Warnock's rash, rash, rash and Marsha's Red Bull shit hoofball? I think for Jesse needs a little help from someone who knows the league, someone looking for a last challenge. <laughs> I, think it, I think it is different insofar as there is there's very much an emphasis on pace in this team. Like mm. you, you need pace and skillful players. Yeah. Whereas Warnock brought us Tongi, Norris, Green, Brownie, Varney, they they were our midfield in attack, and there was nothing there. Like probably, possibly all of those players individually could have been all right in a functional team, but bringing them all together just made the whole thing unbearable. And I do think there are, and even in the Everton game, this this did happen. Not as much as maybe in the Chelsea game, but those little tight interplays. You know, sometimes it can look chaotic and a bit pinbally, but actually when it works and they're doing those little layoffs in the really tight areas, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's the concentration is very much. That's where it has the similarity with. Warnock, Paul and Wilkinson, um, Howard Wilkinson to an extent, is of play your football up their end of the pitch. And so all those little triangles and interplays happen around their penalty area. And then it's like, how do you get there? Just get there as quickly as you can yeah. um, and don't worry about it at the back. And I think it does... Uh, and it's sort, of, it's sort of play through the lines rather than lump it forward, isn't it? That's the yes. general like, vertical passing. Yeah, although I think there was a bit of lumping on the yeah. Tuesday because... Um, because there was balls going to Joffe that he's never going to win in the air because we know that we're going to go for the second ball. Adams, Aronson, Rocker are going to go in there and win it and then we play from there. But we do look at times, sometimes the triangles up front are decisive and kind of very uh, particular getting us into the, the penalty area. Sometimes Urense is maybe a victim of it. Further back, we do look a little bit like we don't know what to do. There's kind of, there's not this sense of a, a build-up from the back with purpose. If we end up passing in our half, it quickly deteriorates with the players. Like, we don't really know where we're going, mm-hmm. so it'll go back to Melier and then we'll, we'll hit it long. Because all the emphasis is just on everything happens in the opponent's penalty area. And then you get a game like this where there's, you know, there's four Everton defenders in that penalty area already and it becomes difficult to break down. And so it's not a pretty game, but it, it can be an exciting game. On Adams, uh, not only was he our 
not quite the MVP for this match, but it was just shy of it, wasn't he? He came second. He was mine. He's been. He's one of the. Uh, as long as you knew, Michael, that was that's the important bit. As long as you were right, that's what he, that's what he cares about. Yeah, um, I think you might have deleted the person's name off the sheet here. Or it's not quite made it, but um, this person, whoever you are, thank you, suggesting that Adams is good and only giving up one goal a game with our set piece defense has been mostly good. And he's asking if we actually conceded anything from them. Barnsley, we did, didn't we? Uh, yes. set piece but that was a reserve team though. I don't think anyone knew what they were doing mm. yeah. I mean, on the general playing out from the back as well there's a bit of feedback on Christensen mixed House of Stouts says he's genuinely terrible um, game in game out why we're still starting him probably because Ailing's not fit <laughs> And um, he also needs time to bed in we're as giving well it, we're giving yeah. him a go uh, whereas Wisconsin Todd said he thought he had some fun scraps um, it felt like he grew into that game just to, the final thought on Adam sorry um, John Boyd does suggest that we undersold Adam's contribution where I suggested that he gets the ball and passes it backwards. Yeah, that was that was a deliberately I was being deliberately re- reductive there. But he kicked off some of our best moves, says John Boy, um, with his dead eye arrow penis ball passes into the tens, especially in the second half. Sorry, mm. you were saying on Rasmus. Yeah, I, I thought he was the second half was his best game for us, if you can take that in isolation. First half, he got done really badly by Gordon at one point where it was one point? Well, there was one really bad one where he ran. He ended up running about 10 yards past him when yeah. Gordon turned him and it was like, oh my God. Yeah, his position's not quite there yet, is it? I think sometimes he's all in in a way that means he's also completely in nowhere <laughs> at times because yeah. he, he bombs into stuff and you think, if you don't get there, you're the pace you're at. Which is, you, what, you're which leaving. is what Furpo is prone to doing, actually, isn't it? Mm, it's the, the thing of, um, as a fullback, giving someone a yard. He doesn't do that. He tries to give them not a millimetre, but then sometimes ends up um, giving them about 10 yards. But the thing with, I mean, the one in the first half you were thinking of with Gordon, he gave him about five yards and still got beaten. <laughs> it was it was awful. And I kind of, uh, his second half improvement passed me by a little bit because he was on the far side. And so mm-hmm. when I saw that Gordon one, I pick on it, particularly because it happened right beneath me and was dreadful. But um, I saw less of that. I saw less of him in the second half mm-hmm. because he was so far away. But I enjoyed him... Um, uh, it's a bit weird that he got pushed over by Gordon. And that's the other thing about Christensen is he, he does seem to get kind of knocked off the ball quite a lot, given how hard he's supposed to be. I've yet to really see him like 50-50 challenges and aerial balls and stuff. He tends to just get knocked. And mm. I'm looking for where this big, strong, you know, we compared him. I think the his arrival was similar to when we first saw Rob Molinar going a long way back but this huge Dutchman who was instantly nicknamed the Terminator and hated it because he said I, I look nothing like Arnold Schwarzenegger he did a bit but he was so big and strong and won every ball ground and air um, and got beaten lots of other ways but just was as strong as you as he looked Christensen's not really lived up to that yet but I suppose it ain't 1997 anymore but second half yeah apparently Apparently it was better, but it was in the, the distant wilds on the far side of Elland Road. Oh, it was, that was on my me. side. I loved it, Moscow. absolutely loved it. I, um, I just felt like he was much more competitive and he, he won an early tackle against Gordon mm. and it felt like it just leveled things up a bit and then it became more of a, a battle. He didn't win everything, but it became a battle and there were there was at least a bit of give and you, take. You could it. tell he was sort of running on a bit more on adrenaline, like it was kind of, yeah, I've got this now. Mm. Whereas you think maybe he's kind of just, he's been feeling his way into the division, hasn't he? He did a good job as well of not filling Gordon in when they went head to head. Getting away mm. with the yellow card instead of a, a red. You so mean 80s, 80s, restraint. 80s teen movie villain Gordon, as uh, Wisconsin Todd describes him. Just a quick note on him as well. We will discuss Anthony Gordon more in Heroes and Villains um, on the weekly show. Producer Jack has been in touch. Uh, I do like this comment. 
says, I um, know what you lot didn't talk about on the match ball. How come no one has ever seen Anthony Gordon and my old primary school dinner lady in the same place? Conspiracy, I reckon. Makes you think. Doesn't it just? It does make you think. Um, finally then, on this show, let's mention Lampard, because Cookridge White says, due to the li- uh, due to the limited abuse uh, given to Fat Frank during the match, please can you spare five minutes to discuss his bald spot, his anti-football on show last night, and just some general comments slash abuse? Yeah, with with pleasure. Yeah, I mean, from the other thing I, I could see from the West End was, as well as Christensen, uh, the top of Lampard's head. That's maybe the uh, the reflection of the floodlights is maybe why I couldn't see the second half. The rest mm-hmm. of the pitch was... But for the record, there's nothing wrong with being bald. No. Michael is bald. It's fine. It Correct. happens to... But Michael, uh, Michael embraced it at a very early age and yeah. just got, got on with it, you know, and wears it well. I've said before, like we do, you know, poke fun at you for it, but you wear it well. So, and, and unlike Lampard, I, you know... Decision I took, just get rid. Just as the same way as, as Lampard gets upset at being called fat. Yeah. It's fine. I just wear that well too. You uh, you suit your head. Yeah. Uh, you look better bald than you ever did, Harry. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but where it's funny with Lampard is because he's clearly so vain mm. um, that he is going to be unable to deal with just what a catastrophic potato will be revealed when finally the last <laughs> strands have fallen out just as he ticks past his oh my God. 55th birthday and um, yeah he uh, he is not going to well there'll probably be a transplant in there that will go wrong mm. yeah. it'll end up out of his face you should speak to Conte yeah Conte's that's, that's worked well but, Con- but Conte is uh, suave Italian and mm. um, just wears everything well doesn't he really don't oh, speak to uh, don't get the same guy who did Wim Rooney's is all no. I would say to him because he appears to have put um, pubic hair in place yeah and again going back to the whole potato thing yeah I mean why Rooney even bothered with the vanity of a hair transplant is a is an absolute mystery because you you cannot polish a turd with Rooney and before you get all up at in the comments going eh, you, you're taking cheap shots at people's physical appearance yes we are well, only Frank only Lampard, Frank Lampard really. Lampard, well, yeah. and Anthony Gordon, in fairness. Yeah. But they're both dreadful people, so it's fine. Mm. But apart from if that... If they were nice, you'd, it'd be fine. Exactly. exactly. Um, speaking of nice people, the Player of the Year ratings, which we can, we can update week by week. Now, if you want the full... Um, There'll be more Lampard hate in Heroes and Villains, uh, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want um, the full breakdown of these, we're going to be listing them in the mag this season as well, so um, have a look at that, because so, we don't want to do a full list of all the, the entire squad, but um, your top three at the minute then. So scores have come down slightly, the averages have come down, based on the previous... Um, Previous game, Tyler Adams in third place, 7.46 average rating, 7.6 for Brendan Aronson and out in front still, Ilan Melier. Down from his eight, his average of eight last time to 7.8 this time, but still on track to be player of the year. Jesse Marsh's score so far, 6.55. It's all right. Better than it would have been last year. Yeah. And it'll probably creep up if and when we um, we make our assault on Europe this season <laughs> on the European place. It's already so. happening, isn't it? What are we? Sixth? Hmm. Yeah, we're doing well. And we're, yeah, we're the good. season ends now. How many points are we clear of the bottom clutch of clubs? It's, Loads. Is it like five? Or how many, like um, Dan, how many points have we got and how many goals have we scored? Uh, I can tell you that without looking, uh, Michael. <laughs> I believe we have eight points on the board. Do you know how many goals we've scored? Eight. There you go. That's how it works, it tracks. It? it absolutely tracks, doesn't it? And not my stat. That was um, Sporting Intel. Nick Harris on Twitter has um, has done the, the graphs and the spreadsheets on this. And it does. it's remarkably close. So the more we score, the higher we'll get. The that more sounds, points we'll get. It sounds a lot like my kicking it in the net. Um, levels of simplicity. Are you arguing? But, with, are you arguing with the numbers? Uh, no. If you score goals, you will you will get points. That is true. Good. Right. More propaganda to come. Then we will dive into the uh, the fan channels of Everton, which will be a treat, and we'll find out what they thought of it. It's on the way in a bit for you. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it, so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.